Aloha, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Keeping Up with Kara and Koa. So tonight's episode, I wanted to open up about a personal story um, that is on my heart that I really wanted to share. As I had mentioned in the last episode, you know, mental health is uh, extremely harsh right now due to this pandemic, as well as those who are grieving. Um, You know, I happen to actually be one of those people. And, you know, mental health has been here way before this pandemic has started. And now it's getting its attention that it should have been before this pandemic uh, started. And um, mental health is going to be here even after when this pandemic is over. So I really want to stress that we need to continue breaking the stigma because it's a very important topic that really needs more attention. And that's why I'm sharing this story. Um, And I want to make this clear. This story that I'm going to share has happened 14 years ago. And like I was, like I'm mentioning, um, you know, a lot of us, or I don't, I maybe not all of us, but um, there's some of us out there who probably suffer in silence, and that's part of the reason why I want to bring up this story, um, because I've experienced it before, and I really want to reach to someone out there who might have lost someone to um, suicide. Um, to maybe give you sense of clarity. So that's really why I want to bring up this topic. And as well as September is, is a suicide awareness month. Um, this story can be maybe triggering for someone, just a disclaimer. Um, but like I said, I'm, my sole purpose is just to really connect with someone out there who might've experienced this and, just so you know that you're not alone. Um, So as I had mentioned in a previous episode that I started struggling with my mental health um, in sixth grade. So that was after my mom had passed away. And um, my mom passed away in a drunk driving accident. Um, uh, She didn't survive, obviously. Um, my last memory of her was me screaming, trying to get help. And, um, I was trying to wake her up and I was checking her pulse. And I just remember when the ambulance came, they told me that, um, that someone else was coming for her. So I was really afraid to leave her behind. Um, And that memory really um, plays in my head a lot. So um, that's where I really struggled with my mental health. Um, And at that time, I did not want to go to therapy at all. I argued with my dad all the time. And I used to yell at him. I just, I was like, I don't need a shrink. I don't want to talk to anyone. And he actually just honestly just told me, look, you're going. And I ended up seeing the school counselor. So that was when I started my therapy journey in sixth grade. But then, or no, I'm sorry, in eighth grade. I didn't go to therapy till I was in eighth grade. Um, And then um, after... uh, 
I graduated eighth grade, I went to a different school and I didn't really go to therapy in between then. And then that's when my dad had passed away um, my freshman year of high school. So at that time, I was just really lost with the world. I was trying to make sense of what was going on. Um, and, um, I was very overwhelmed. I was very stressed. Um, if someone were to ask me, if you were to close your eyes and see yourself in five years, where would you be? And the God honest truth, all I saw was the color black. That's all I saw. And so at that point I had really hit rock bottom. I, my grades were slipping. I was, um, I was withdrawing from people. I like, I quit a lot of my hobbies. I, I stopped playing my saxophone. I literally just put it in the case and I just never looked at it ever again. Um, I even, I, I stopped doing all my hop, like all my favorite hobbies, whether if that was watching football, whether if that was horseback riding art, like I just, I literally felt like part of me died. That's how I felt my sophomore year of high school. And so, um, I was going to therapy at the time and, um, and I was also, I think I had mentioned I was going to a group, a group, uh, therapy session with, um, other teens. So I was getting treated at the time, but I was still feeling very, very lost. And I walked around school, walked around my home, uh, suicidal. And, um, I actually had planned how I was going to do it. I didn't tell anyone, obviously. Um, and this one day I was like, okay, today's the day I'm going to do it. And I just remember, I just remember just thinking like, all right, I'm going to end my pain. I don't want to be here anymore. Like I just, I can't handle it anymore. And I actually had called a friend before I even tempted to. And the unfortunate part of that was my friend at the time did not take me seriously. Um, and so after I got off the phone with this person, I went to the bathroom and I tried to poison myself. And... Um, I just remember like sitting, well, no, I remember like within the first minute of me tempting it, I started to break down and I like fell to the ground and I just remember crying and thinking to myself, like, how did I get here? Like, how did I get to this point? And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to tell like my therapist, like that I just tempted to take my own life. Like I, I just, I, I couldn't believe it myself. So after that happened, the next day I went back to school and I just walked around school thinking like, 
or I walked around school like pretending like it didn't happen and it was just like a normal day but like in the back of my my mind I like was thinking to myself that I couldn't believe I tried to take my own life and then on top of that I was actually still thinking about it like okay well I didn't do it yesterday maybe I'll try again another day but then I was like no like I can't like I I I I need to I need to be here and so I went back to therapy I don't know if it was like the if it was like the next therapy session after that but I went back to therapy my therapy session this was my individual session and then I was sitting in her office or her the room whatever and you know we were talking about hanging out with friends and stuff and she could tell something was off and so I was I was very like more closed off and more like I didn't want to talk that day and so she was like you know is everything okay and I was like yeah and she was like no something seems different and I um I just remember her like asking me if I was hanging out with my friends and then I don't know what question she asked me she asked me some question that just triggered and I'm gonna use that word trigger a lot um and whatever question it was, I just immediately like started crying. And then that's when she asked me um, if I tried to harm myself. And then I started crying more. And then she was like, okay, this is serious. She was like, so what's going on? And she was like, did you like, she's like, are you feeling suicidal? And I didn't say yes, but she just, just by me crying and like showing my emotions, like it was clear that I was saying yes without even saying the word yes. So from there, um, she, um, she was, she asked me, she's like, well, do you know what this means? And I said, no, I don't. And she was like, well, I'm going to have to, you know, call your caregiver and we're going to have to, she's like, I'm going to have to break confidentiality, client confidentiality. And I'm going to have to, um, make this a 5150. So if you don't know what a 5150 is, it's basically code for when someone is in danger of themselves. So at that point, I had to go to the hospital. I went to the emergency and I was on my 72 hour hold. So in a psychiatric emergency, you go through a psych, you go through a 72 hour hold. And within that time frame, basically, so in my case, um, I mean, I don't, if, if anyone's ever experienced it, I mean, I don't know, I might be different, but for me, when I went through it, um, there was a room, there was a separate room for teens. And then the other room was like all adults and they were all, they were just all of us like in this psychiatric emergency. And in the small room was the adults. There was like a, there was an adult like sitting outside the room monitoring to make sure that the adults that were mentally ill weren't going to, weren't, weren't going to enter the, the room, uh, 
for the teens. And I remember just sitting there like scared because I was like, oh my God, like what, what the fuck did I just get myself into? Um, there was only a TV, there was a phone and I didn't know what day it was. I, I don't even think there was a clock in there. Um, but I sat in there with like a bunch of other teens and some of these teens, unfortunately, some of them were from juvie. Some of them were from foster homes and it kind of like, I don't know, it, it made me sad because I was kind of sitting there like, wow, like how selfish of me. Um, even though I was just hurting inside, like I just, I went through such significant loss that I just, that's just how I felt. So anyway, within that 72 hour, uh, hold, basically you just sit there and you wait till your name gets called and then you basically get evaluated. Once you get evaluated, they basically, based off of your evaluation, they just decide whether you're going to a mental institution or, or you're just, or, or it was just an emergency and you get to go home. That's basically what the 72 hour hold was for me. I actually ended up getting escorted on an ambulance to a hospital up in, uh, up North somewhere, um, in the city. And I went to a mental health center for teens. Um, so yeah, it's obviously it's separate for adults than it is for teens. Um, and so I was there for about a week and a half and, um, during that time, um, I mean, it's not really what you th would think it is, like what you see in the movies, um, but you do like room with someone. Um, there are specific, there were specific times where we ate, we had specific visiting hours, we had specific times that we could call out to someone. I've only, I called out like two of my friends, um, one of them. I'm really good friends with till today. Um, and she's actually the only, this friend's the only friend, uh, that knew, uh, while I was in high school that I was there. Um, cause no one knew where I was. Um, and, but we like in, in this, like <laughs> in the mental, uh, facility, you actually had to do work to get out of there. Like if you didn't do your job, you weren't going to get out. Like they would just hold you in there until you proved to all the counselors that you were trying to work on yourself. So, I mean, we had group therapies, we had individual therapies. We also did schoolwork in there. We also had to clean our room. Um, I mean, in a sense, it kind of felt like there was a weight lifted off of my shoulders because I was, I wasn't dealing with like all the stuff like in the outside world. But at the same time, it felt a little isolating because I was like, in order to have like to get out, like I really had to, you know, prove that I was working on myself. Um, so from that, from that time, and that was the only time I've ever tempted, um, suicide. Um, so after that, I was diagnosed with major depression, um, and they had prescribed me antidepressants. So I was on that for about, I don't know, till I finished high school. So that happened my sophomore year. So I took my antidepressants, my antidepressants, uh, since like, till I graduated high school. Um, 
So, but I still struggled. Like, I won't be, like, I'll be honest. Like, I still struggled. Um, I mean, to be quite frank, antidepressants don't really work for everyone. For me, I definitely did not. They honestly made me more depressed. Um, like I said, it's different for everyone. Um, for me, it just didn't work. Um, and so moving towards like sophomore year, or, or no, not sophomore year, I'm sorry, uh, senior year, getting close to senior year. Um, that was when I kind of went through like a reckless phase where I, I was like, well, I graduated from high school. I can do whatever I want. Um, and, um, I was starting FITM that summer and I just was not in a good place at the time. Um, I was just in a very toxic environment, um, which led me to be really reckless. I was out all the time. Um, I kind of abused alcohol a lot more. I mean, anyone who knows me, who's gone out with me knows that I don't really drink that much. Um, and I'll explain that more in detail on a different episode. Um, so, um, so yeah, so at that time I drank way more than what we all know I drink. So, um, like I said, that was a very reckless point in my life. Um, and so, um, I, let's see, I was very reckless and, um, I didn't care about school either. Like I dropped out, I ended up dropping out. Like I was confused and that's when I ended up moving up to Humboldt. Um, and so I moved up to Humboldt and then lived there for like a couple months and then, the main point of me moving up to Humboldt was just so I can remove myself from toxic energies and environments. Um, I just, I needed to get out. I felt very trapped. Um, and so I moved up there, explored up there and I was like, uh, I don't really know how I feel about this. And then I ended up moving down to LA, lived there for a hot minute got a taste of the LA scene and I realized it was not for me. <laughs> um, and so I ended up moving back up to Humboldt and that's where I ended up living till I moved back home. And so when I moved up to Humboldt, I actually went back to therapy and this therapist at the time actually really got me to work on my triggers. So I'm going to go back to the word trigger. So triggers are actually important because the triggers are identifying triggers helps to really understand why our mood changes, why we act a certain way, why our behaviors are, you know, coming where they're coming from. And so this therapist at the time actually diagnosed me with PTSD. So um, PTSD, obviously it's a certain, um, mental health condition, um, especially not everyone experiences mental or, uh, I'm sorry, PTSD, but PTSD really 
comes from if you've experienced something like uh what is it traumatic or catastrophic or just something just really you know not your typical uh life event um I don't know if I mentioned I'm I don't think I mentioned this yet but my mom passed away in a drunk driving accident so um oh I think I did mention this (laughs) um so um PTSD which made sense when she um when she diagnosed me with PTSD um because I um I experience a lot of nightmares a lot and a lot of my nightmares are car accidents um and that's where a lot of my anxiety comes from cuz obviously we're in cars all the time like we go to car like we're in cars you know to go to x y and z and so um it took me a really long time to actually trust anyone to drive me um around and then just let alone me driving my car myself um and so um, I suffer from PTSD with that. Like I said, I get nightmares. Um, also PTSD kind of like made me avoid things like people that reminded me of like my parents or certain places. So that's kind of like what PTSD can do for people who've experienced traumatic events in their life. Um, and the other one was flashback. So I pretty much experienced a flashback from this accident every single day. Um, and it's been really hard to try and make those flashbacks lessen over time. Um, but like I said, we use cars every day. So, um, that's the shitty part is I, 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 I don't, I have to just work on that. Um, you know, there's, there's also different types of therapies. I've heard of people talking about, uh, trauma therapy. Um, I haven't done it yet, but I know someone who's done it and they've seemed to think that it's helpful, which is something, again, I'm probably going to look into. Um, so yeah, so that's where this therapist, um, diagnosed me with PTSD. But I mean, at this point, now that I'm looking back, I probably should have been diagnosed with clinical depression. Um, because if I'm being honest, like once you, I mean, this could be someone completely different. I don't know. But for me, having survived a suicide attempt, I can't lie. Like the word death is very like consistent. Um, just because obviously I've lost both my parents too. So, um, like I think about death, like all the time. Um, I don't want to, but I do. Um, and so that's just something that I've really had to work on a lot. Um, and a lot of it also is like, you know, removing myself from, toxic environments as well as you know toxic energies like toxic energies can really be anywhere honestly um and that's what kind of can drive someone to really like get to that point I mean I had been around energies that blamed me for things 
um, belittled me for, like, just stupid shit. Um, people or energies would call me attention-seeking or, like, emotional when it's like, no shit, like, I lost both my fucking parents, first of all. <laughs> um, yeah, I am entitled to be emotional, like, I'm trying to process things. Um, and, um, I mean, like I said, like, I really had to really remove myself from these toxic energies. Um, because I mean, when you're kind of around these energies, they kind of, especially when you have no choice, but having to be around these energies, um, you kind of start coming like, irritated like I became really irritated and then I would project that on people especially people who I know who are very dear to me who are hurting from their um own uh losses or hardships that they're going through and I I take responsibility for those behaviors because I mean that's not me as a person but I mean that's the whole point is like toxic energy uh can really drive someone to, um, start behaving in these behaviors. So it's really important that if you are, um, what am I trying to say? Uh, experiencing these types of thoughts that you really need to, uh, really evaluate, um, what is it that you need to change? Um, and like that, like I said, that's something that I've had to do for myself throughout the years. Um, I mean, I've also had to deal with, like, uh, like, shit that I would never want anyone to ever deal with outside of my school or my home life. I mean, this shit should stay in fucking law and order. Um, I mean, that shit dragged on forever, and it really caused, like, so much emotional distress for me that that's also, like, what really drove me to really get to this point of, cause I mean, like I said, when I'm back to what I was saying about someone who's, who's survived a, a suicide attempt. Again, I'm not saying I've been that I am suicidal. What I'm saying is you can, it's easy to, 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 uh, what am I trying to say? To, um, to fall down that, like deep down in that tunnel again. And that emotional distress that I was dealing with, like, really started to get to me. Um, and so, um, yeah, I mean, that, that just really, it really got to me. Um, I don't think I started really feeling better about like just myself as a whole until, uh, uh, I mean, it's kind of not too long ago. I mean, I've had some certain turning points for me. Um, but a lot of it really like started with myself. Like I really had to ask myself, what is it that I want in my life? What is it that I haven't accomplished that I want to accomplish? Um, and I mean, like I said, when I was sitting on the floor my sophomore year of high school, like, I really had to dig deep and be like, no, Kara, like, you can't do this. Like, you have 
this whole life ahead of you, I don't, like, I was just thinking, like, I don't know how I'm going to get there, but I'm going to get there. And, like, it was like I didn't, it, I didn't have it in me to, to do it. It's like, anyone know that song by Shawn Mendes, In My Blood? Like, I can really, really, like, I resonate with that song so much, but that's, that's literally how I felt. Like, it wasn't in my blood to do that. And on top of that, like, I've met some really cool people along the way, and... Um, just thinking about, like, taking my own life, like, I knew, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't see these people ever again. It wasn't like, oh, well, they're gonna lose me. It was like, this is it. Like, I won't ever experience anything. Like, I, that's it. And so, it really started with me. And, you know, we're all a work in progress, I'm, I'm still, you know, recovering. Um, I mean, it's been a long process, but I've been there. Um, but I've also had other turning points that really contributed to my, to my, uh, success story of overcoming this type of, uh, mental health crisis. Um, one of them in particular, I actually sat with a friend. Uh, it wasn't like not too long ago. Um, this friend really like got through to me. Um, and we, we just talked and I just let everything out. And it made me really realize, like that was the first time I really actually let someone in to really hear what was going on, like, <laughs> up in my head, and, like, how I was feeling in the inside, and the reason why I bring this up is because if someone's ever suicidal, honestly, the, one of the main, like, and I've talked, we, I talked about this with my friend in the previous episode, like, the biggest turning point is actually just showing someone that, you're there to listen. And that's what this person did for me during this time. Um, it saved me from potentially going back down that rabbit hole again. And so I've, I'm forever grateful for that moment. Um, I, I pray for this person every day. Um, and, and this person like listened without judgment. So that's, that's the biggest part too, is when someone, is going, is hitting their low point, like, like, you can't sit there and say, oh, you shouldn't feel like this, or, I don't know, just putting in your two cents, because really, like, when someone gets to this point, like, they can't really, it's hard to, it's hard for them to really open up about the pain that they're holding on, like, that's really what, that's really what it is, like, I mean, I have carried my weight for so long and it really it really just put me in a cloud like for a really long time and so um it's really important that if someone ever comes to you and says I'm having a hard time with life to really just take them seriously and sit down and just listen to them whether if that means like they're just crying and you have no, 
you don't you don't know what to say like it honestly it mean really means the world when someone just sits there and just listens to you cry um and just like yeah just listening you don't even have to say any words um that's that's one of the biggest turning points for a person in general and then my last turning point for me is um I had mentioned earlier in one of my other episodes that um one of my friends who passed away a couple years ago um gave me this idea and this conversation that I had with him with this friend um really stuck with me for up till this point right now and I really want to it's really important that I actually share this because I really want to honor this person I feel I feel very fortunate and blessed to have um have met this person and this person's family um they're very dear to me sorry I need to um take a break or a quick second um this conversation really has saved my life um only because you know like I said I was I was definitely been in a dark depression for a while um and uh I remember (laughs) I was sitting in this friend's kitchen I was I was visiting uh my friend and my friend's family and we're sitting at the kitchen and my friend asks and I was I was going through a hard time this was like when I was about to to drop out of FITM and I was just I mean things were not going so great at the time and my friend I'll never like I remember this moment vividly and he 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 asked me he was like how you doing Care Bear? That was my nickname in high school. How you doing Care Bear? I told my friend, I'm okay. And then my friend asks again, no, like really, like, how are you? And I was just kind of telling him, no, I'm really having a hard time. I don't really know what I want to do. And he, my friend asks me, he's, he asks, have you ever thought about being a motivational speaker? And it was really shocking that he asked me this because I had thought about this like way, like a long time ago after I had survived my suicide attempt. I was like, okay, I, I need to share my testimony. And I was really taken back that he asked me this because I just never thought in a million years that this person would be the one to ask me this question. And I said, you know, I actually have thought about that. And my friend had said, yeah, you should look into it. And he was like, you know, he was like, people need to hear your story. And he was like, your story matters and you should share it. He's like, you can do a lot with your story. Um, He's like, people just really need to, you know, hear your story. And um, I, I'll never forget it. I mean, it really stayed with me and I never really understood why my friend told me this for the longest time, but now I know why. 
I've have several people. I've had a lot of people that I know who have lost someone and they always come to me. And I always think of this friend who gave me this idea and I'm forever grateful. Like I said, I'm very fortunate and blessed to have known this person and anyone who knew this friend would know that he, he was always a friend to someone and he was, he was, he was just that person that you can go to, to talk to about things. And, and so, um, he has, he's impacted my life in that way. And so I just wanted to really highlight that, um, to honor his memory. Cause, um, that really has stuck with me, especially when I've felt that I was going down a rabbit hole. I kept telling myself, no, like one day I'm going to tell my story. And so I really want to connect with anyone out there who is grieving a loss of someone. Um, you know, my message to you, especially if you're, if you've lost someone to suicide, I don't, I can't relate to that pain. Um, but I mean, I, I, I know your, your feelings are very valid. Um, I, I, um, I, I, I understand your pain. I'm, all I can say is I can relate to that per to the person who took their life. I can relate to their pain and their pain was so heavy that and I, I want to say this in the best way possible, that they're more at peace where they are now than they were here on this earth. That I want to tell you. So I don't want you to beat yourself up for thinking that you wish you could have saved that person. Um, because I just want to tell you, like, the weight that they carried was just something that they just couldn't deal with anymore. And their their home and I sense spirits energy all the time and they're around they're around um I've definitely had well like I said spirit show up whether if it was my mom and dad whether if it was this friend that I just uh talked about briefly um they've they've made their their presence here to me um and I really want to connect with just people who have gone through loss in general. Um, excuse me, sorry. Um, I want you to know that I know the pain is really hard. I get it because I've, I've been there. I've been there too. And I mean, there's days where I, I was angry and I would, I would, throw shit around. I would break shit because I was just so angry. And I'd ask, I would ask God, like, why me? Like, what did I do to, de to deserve this? But you can't go through life the rest of your life thinking that it's just, it's going to eat you up for the rest of your life. And I've really had to really work on that. Um, I mean, I go to church here and there with my friends. Um, and sometimes I watch 
a church here at home. Um, but one day you're going to tell your story. You're going to tell your testimony of how you've overcame what you've gone through, whether if that's on here on my podcast or somewhere else, you're going to tell your story. So my, my message is you cannot give up on this life. You can't, no matter how much pain you carry from the loss, I know it's going to be hard, but you can't. And you, what am I trying to say? You have to continue your life living for those people who have passed. They would want that for you. Um, Because I've had to keep telling myself that all the time. Like, I know my parents wouldn't want me to just give up after everything that I've worked so hard for, even though it took me forever to get here. Um, I... um, I, I just want you to know that your your story matters. And one day when you're healed, you will be able to tell your story and it'll be a part of someone else's journey. So don't give up. I know it's going to be hard. And if you ever need someone to talk to about, you know, your loss or you feel like you're going through a rabbit hole and you don't want to call a crisis line, like, I'll be here for you. I'll help you drag yourself out of the dark. I've been there. I know what it's like. I've done it all by myself, but you just, you can't give up. You can't give up on this life. Um, and just a message to everyone in general, you know, we live in, in such an ugly world, honestly, right now with everything going on. And we really need to start having better conversations with each other like really asking someone how are you what is it that you want to tell me and you know some people they're gonna not want to talk to you they may find someone else to talk to that's fine too um but really having a very real conversation because you really just don't know what people are suffering from um in silence so um, and you know, with everything going on in this world right now, like it's really important that we also are careful of like what we say or how we say things. Um, I mean, I've just been just as guilty of it too. Um, but that can really set someone off edge too, especially with everything that's going on right now with, you know, society with all these issues. So just, just keep that in mind. Um, so to anyone out there who has gone through this mental health crisis or if you're going through this mental health crisis, like I said, um, you are more than welcome to contact me um, and reach out if you need to talk to someone. Um, I will be bringing some f- more friends on when we're going to talk about different topics Um and, um, just, you know, uh, talk about other ways people deal with anxiety or stress. Um, and just, like I said, other, other topics as well. Um, but if anyone also has like a success story of their own that they want it, that they're ready to share, like, I'd love to hear, or maybe a tribute story to someone, um, 
or want you want to come on here and talk about someone who has passed or how that person has shaped your life honestly like really like let me know talk to me email me dm me whatever um i'd really love to hear and i'd really love um for you to share if that's what you want to do like on my podcast i'm really like 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 i said i'm opening this up to anyone um so thanks for tuning in to listen to my story that was a very uh hard event for me to uh to open up about but it's something that i really needed to talk about to really just let it go so Thanks uh, for everyone who's tuning in and um, just like I said, stay up to date on my social media. Um, Feel free to reach out and thanks for keeping up with Kara and Koa.